0: And welcome to So You Think You Can Rule Persia, the podcast where we rate and review all the kings of Persia, from Daiochis to the III. My name is Serial, and my pronouns are they, them.
1: My name is Umberto, my pronouns are he, him. So today's episode is Cambyses II, Cyrus' son, and we'll see how well he does compared to his father. But before we get into Cambyses himself, let's just have a little bit of a recap on what happened in... Last episode, which was quite a substantial one in the end. <laughs> okay. So, to start with, Cyrus the Great founded the Persian, maybe Achaemenid Empire, by taking it over from the Medians. So he defeated his grandfather, Astyages, and took the throne. Yes. But, through a whole series of different circumstances, Cyrus managed to obtain both the Kingdom of Lydia and the Kingdom of Babylon. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, not only did he... Get the empire that his grandfather had, but he basically expanded it to all the other empires in the area.
1: Yes, he did. So he managed to take up three of the four major powers in the region, and then he also conquered the rest of Iran for the first time. Mm-hmm. He also spread out into the steppe a little bit, and this is where we sort of left him because in his uh, fight either with the Massagetae, according to Herodotus, or with some Indian peoples, according to Tisius. Yes. He was killed in battle, and, well, that was the end for Cyrus the Great. Right. But now it's time for Cambyses to shine. So, first of all, he's Cambyses II. Why the second? Yeah, what is up with that? <laughs> I was a bit confused. Well, also, Cyrus was Cyrus II, to start uh,
0: wait. with. Wait, uh, huh?
1: Yes, this is kind of an issue with the fact that their ordinal numbers are given based on the kingdom of Persia. So if you remember a bit of the Cyrus cylinder we read last time, Uh Cyrus says, I am Cyrus, son of Cambyses, son of Cyrus. Yes. So essentially, what is that saying? We're saying that Cyrus I was Cyrus the Great's grandfather. Mm -hmm. And Cyrus's father was called Cambyses, and is the grandfather of the Cambyses we're looking at today.
0: Yes, okay. Yeah, they, they were alternating names. I seem to remember we talked about this.
1: Yes, because if we know something about royal families, that they generally have like three names among them and they repeat mm-hmm. for, forever. Yeah. So. But let's get into Cambyses himself. So Cambyses was the oldest son of Cyrus the Great, and he had a younger brother named Bardia, and two sisters called Atossa and Roxanne.
0: Yes, I remember this. Roxanne. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> We don't really know when Cambyses is born. We don't have a precise date They weren't really recorded at the time. And, you know, Herodotus isn't going to tell us that. So it's Mm. a bit more difficult. But if we sort of look at the age of Cyrus compared to when Cambyses actually shows up on the scene as a player, Mm -hmm. we can see that he was probably born sometime between 560 and 550 BC, roughly based on their ages.
0: Okay, yeah. So, again, trying to estimate from other events or how long a certain king reigned or something like that. Reverse engineering, like we've been doing with Herodotus.
1: Yeah, basically, we know what his reign is, but as for birth dates, it's very fuzzy. Okay. Anyway, we know that he first appears on the political stage around the time of Cyrus's conquest of Babylon because okay. he is mentioned uh, in the Cyrus Cylinder As Cyrus's son. So Cyrus is asking for blessings for Cyrus and his son Cambyses.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting.
1: And not only that, but Cyrus apparently trusted his son enough that soon after the conquest of Babylon, Cyrus made Cambyses king of Babylon.
0: Oh, okay. I was going to mention that I remember he made him his heir before dying, which was a very good move on Cyrus's part. But I did not know that he made it... B- uh, Babylon's king—that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, that's quite a you know show of trust, especially since at this point Cambyses would have been somewhere between eleven and twenty-one. Right, so, you know, <laughs> it, relatively a relatively young, young man. Yes. yes, we have a heavily damaged text from hmm. a Babylonian chronicle, which suggests that during Cambyses' coronation ceremony in Babylon. He came dressed in a traditionally Persian fashion and refused to change in the clothes that would be expected for a Babylonian ceremony. Uh, okay, yeah. So that sort of rubbed a few people the wrong, the wrong way. way.
0: Yes, because it's like the foreign king not even being willing to adopt the costumes of the area and just...
1: Yeah, and it's also very contrary to Cyrus's general policy of saying, yeah, sure, do whatever, I'll respect your culture, just pay taxes. Exactly, exactly. It's very
0: clearly a foreign king being put on the throne of a pre-existing empire, so oof.
1: Yeah, exactly. And apparently this didn't escape Cyrus's attention, because Uh nine months after being made king of Babylon, Cambyses was removed as king by Cyrus.
0: Oh no. (laughs) Oh, that's bad.
1: Yeah, it's not a great start to your first job, but oh
0: Mm -hmm. well.
1: We're not given an official reason for why Cambyses was removed. We just know that he was. So it might be that maybe it was always meant as a temporary position. So maybe Cyrus wasn't able to be in Babylon. He had other business to attend to. And so we needed someone else to hold the fort and then... After these nine months, Cyrus had enough time to go to Babylon and become king himself. Or if it's actually that Cambyses made a mess of the situation and Cyrus had to come and bail him out and save Babylon from his clutches.
0: Uh, Complicated. Do we have then a source that says that, oh, it was because of this ceremony and then like he just kept doing bad things, quote unquote, like not quite being welcomed by the people of Babylon? Or you know, was it something different?
1: Well, it's sort of uh, it's sort of like a bit of a middle ground, honestly, because okay well, uh, again, the document that we have regarding Cambyses being disrespectful to the Babylonians right, is heavily yes. damaged, so we might be missing some context
0: eh, okay, okay,
1: maybe he wore both clothes and made a show of, oh look, I am both Persian and Babylonian. We don't know the only part that we know is that. He wore Persian clothes at the coronation, yeah, yeah. as opposed to so the it might
0: have ones. something to do with that, but also it might have not. The fact is, at some point, Cyrus decided, you know what, maybe this wasn't such a good idea, either because it wasn't such a good idea or because Cambyses did something that needed help. So
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's okay, okay. Uh, yeah, we don't we're not giving it a reason for the deposition, but it happened. Uh, However, we do still have some documents in Babylon from later years in Cambyses' name, so he's still there in some sort of administrative role. He wasn't definitely a king anymore. He was less important than that. But anyway, as we saw last time, when Cyrus went off to his final campaign in the east, he made Cambyses his co-king and heir to the throne, and then... Cyrus rode off into the sunset, never to come back right, yes, so yeah, in five thirty BC we have that Cambyses is made the sole ruler of the entire Achaemenid Empire, and well, now he has all the power in the world, essentially
0: yeah, which uh, this is uh, worrying me this is not a great start, knowing that <laughs> like he was giving Babylon, which is essentially a smaller you know it's still very big, but a smaller part or portion of the Persian Empire, no now a empire and first he gets the post and now he has essentially the power over the whole thing i you know it wasn't a great start and now he is the king of kings i'm worried
1: i am concerned So as one of his first acts as king, we have that Cambyses sent the body of his father to be buried in Persia, near Basargade, where the tomb is still there now. Oh, okay, cool. Which I was kind of surprised how comparatively simple-looking it is. No, it's not Hmm. very ornamental, it's not very elaborate, it's just very straightforward. Hmm. But again... This is after two and a half thousand years of time yeah, passing.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to no say It's no longer maybe,
1: being decorated with. Yeah. Perhaps all the different golds and silvers and I feel precious like tubes, materials.
0: was get raided pretty often, and and probably that was the first things to go. It might not have looked like this.
1: Yeah, even the pyramids looked a lot more impressive <laughs> yeah, when they were <laughs> first sure. built. So, it makes sense that we've lost a bit of the quality.
0: Do we have any? mentions or texts of what the tomb was supposed to look like since you know cyrus was such a big presence in history
1: we have a general picture of what it looks like we're just described vaguely what it is and that's sort of how we've managed to match it to what we have Mm -hmm. but besides that we know that alexander visited it when he passed through
0: great we we all have heroes i guess
1: Yeah, Alexander read the Cyropedia a lot. Remember the little book about (laughs) Cyrus that I mentioned? the fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the fan fiction version of Cyrus. Yeah, so Alexander visited the tomb of Cyrus and deposited a lot of gifts there. But by the time Alexander returned to visit the tomb once more, it had been raided. So we don't really have much detail beyond that, but unfortunately, it's mostly gone
0: by then. Interesting.
1: Yes. So now that Cambyses is king, what do you think he's going to do with this power? What jobs are left to do?
0: Um, consolidate the empire, sort of consolidate the borders, and deal with Egypt? And also revenge on his father's death, maybe? Since, you know, he died in battle, so it's like, oh, we need to do this, conquer the... Think he couldn't conquer whatever that thing might be so
1: yeah that is close to what he does because as for revenge he apparently realizes that it's going to be too much trouble to invade the nomads or whoever it is yeah that he realizes you know if cyrus couldn't do it i'm probably just gonna wait it out and take the message right Mm. but what you said about dealing with egypt is exactly what cambyses focuses on
0: But does he put any effort in consolidating the borders that he does have? Because you don't want to go and continue conquering and then not having a stable structure where you are and then losing your initial empire.
1: We don't get any reports of him initially consolidating the empire. We just know that he decided to aim for Egypt.
0: Okay, well,
1: I guess we'll see what happens. Yes, there are some hints later on in a later episode that maybe he would have done a better job to consolidate the empire. But uh, we'll I see. see.
0: so my strategy gaming heart is not completely wrong in thinking that maybe you should be
1: cautious. Yes, if you had been King of Kings, that would have been a good start to your
0: <laughs> right. I am prepared to be King of Kings because I played a little bit of imperium and age of Empires, and so I'm good.
1: <laughs> so, in the next five years of his reign, Cambyses basically creates the Persian fleet uh-huh. by using all these Phoenician sailors in Phoenicia, which is now part of the empire. Yeah, cool. And while he was there, he decided to just take over Cyrus, take over Cyprus, which was weakly held by Egypt at the time.
0: Okay, not Cyrus, but Cyprus. <laughs> no, not <I> Cyrus, <laughs> but Cyprus, <laughs> Oops. yes. So, what is the Persian fleet?
1: Well right now it's we again yeah, we don't have the technical details really but oh, overall okay. it's just made mainly of Phoenicians because the Phoenicians okay. were widely known as expert shipbuilders they built colonies all across the Mediterranean they're the ones who founded Carthage
0: Right so right yes and they're, they're a very
1: established shipbuilding culture
0: Correct me if I'm wrong but Persia before Cyrus didn't really have access to the sea
1: I mean, they had access to the sea, but it was a different sea, so they didn't really have access to the Mediterranean. They were all the way over in the Persian Gulf, but now they need a new opening, and with all the riches of the new empire, they can build enough forces to invade Egypt itself.
0: Yeah, and that's excellent, because the Phoenicians are already good at that, so just hire the people who know how to do the job.
1: Yes, and the Phoenicians are going to be long associated with the Achaemenid fleet, because they're just very good at it, and they are easily accessible. So right. they be often there.
0: Are the terms Achaemenid and Persian right now interchangeable?
1: It's not exactly interchangeable. It's It depends, because Achaemenid refers to the dynasty of right. uh, Cyrus and Cambyses and friends. Uh-huh. But Persian refers to... Again, it can be used in two ways. It can either refer to the whole empire or mm-hmm. just to the Persians the part that was as Persia separate before, from the Medians. Yes. So it's a little bit ambiguous. If you say a- Achaemenid, you're definitely assuming that it's a whole empire if you say okay. Persian. It's ambiguous it if you're just, talking yes. about the Persians from Persia or like the Persians from the Persian Empire.
0: I it's... see. We started with media, and we just got them united, and so do you refer to the storyline we have been talking about, or do you refer to the storyline of, you know, Cyrus's mother marrying this noble man from Persia? Yeah, That family line. Okay. So Achaemenid, technically, more correct here?
1: Yes, in general it is more correct, mostly because it's a massive multi-ethnic empire and if you say Achaemenid, you're including, you know, all the Babylonians and Lydians and Greeks and Phoenicians who are in the empire.
0: Excellent. Okay. So, we have ships now.
1: Yes, we finally have ships now and all we need is a cause for war. How do we declare war on Egypt without seeming like the bad guys?
0: We wait until they make a mistake, or we accuse them of something, right?
1: The second one is correct.
0: Yeah, we say, see, they caused the war, so we're the good guys.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, first of all, according to Herodotus, Cambyses spread the rumor that he was actually the son of a previous Egyptian princess. Uh Uh-huh. But that Herodotus doesn't believe these stories. Okay. Okay. This could be possible, but we have no evidence for it, so... eh. Eh. But the actual cause for war is that Cambyses sends a letter to the pharaoh of Egypt, Amasis. Hmm. He asks him for his daughter, knowing that Amasis was scared of Cambyses, so it would be placed in a lose-lose situation. Yeah. Because if Amasis hands over the daughter... Cambyses wasn't going to marry her he was going to keep her as a concubine which would be disrespectful as a princess right so you don't want to do that as the pharaoh that's humiliating to you but then but if you you, don't give him the daughter then Cambyses is going to say ah well you didn't give me the daughter why are you disrespecting me and he's going to invade
0: that's terrible I hate every part
1: of this (laughs) exactly so what do you think the pharaoh ended up doing
0: he did not give his daughter away?
1: That is partially true. <laughs> because Amasis had taken the throne in a uh, sort of, in a less than legitimate way. Mm. He was disconnected from a previous dynasty.
0: Okay, so we're already weak here.
1: Yes. So we had a spare princess from a previous pharaoh. And you decided to send this spare princess oh, to Cambyses, saying, Yep, this is my oh, daughter. A spare Have a good princess? Time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The backup princess you keep in your backup princess room, Yeah, yeah,
0: right. Because, you know, they're not people.
1: Yeah, no, they're fine. They're just chips on a board. Mm-hmm. But apparently this spare princess wasn't happy with this situation. Oh, surprise. So when she arrived at Cambyse's court, she told him the truth. She said, hey, I'm not the princess you were promised. The pharaoh's lying to you. Yeah. Go kick his butt.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be expected, honestly. Fair enough. It's not like she would have liked the pharaoh anyway, because she wasn't supposed to be with him because he took the throne, so.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it was, it was a whole messy situation there, <laughs> but very well. So now Cambyses has his pretext for war. He said, well, the pharaoh tried to trick me. He's disrespecting me. I'm going to go punish him. And hey, also, P.S., I might be the son of a previous Egyptian princess, so I am technically the rightful ruler anyway. Yes, I have
0: a claim to the throne, and it might be better than the one that your current pharaoh has.
1: Yes, exactly. So Cambyses massed his army and his fleet and head over into Egypt, and uh, he arrived at a city named Pelusium, which is essentially the entryway into Egypt from Asia. Mm. There, he found out that Amasis, the previous pharaoh, had died. And his son, Samenitus, was now the new pharaoh.
0: Oh, well. So, new person, same problem, I guess.
1: Yes, exactly. And now we get a very interesting story of this battle around Pelusium. Because we get it from our old friend, Polyanus.
0: (gasps) Oh, no way! Really?
1: Yes, he's back. Ah!
0: Excellent. We love that name. Very funny. Our old
1: friend with the boulders (laughs) has decided to come back. Uh... Now, according to Polyanus, the Persians had learned something of the Egyptian religion. Mm. Now, what is the most popular fact that pretty much everybody knows from memes and such about the Egyptian worship? What do Egyptians worship, stereotypically?
0: Animal people.
1: Very good. (laughs) And what is a specific animal that they worship most among others?
0: Oh, a cat. Very a cat. good. yes. We yes. live on the internet. We know.
1: Yeah, that's fine. We know that. <laughs> so, what would you do, or what do you think Cambyses did, when invading Egypt, a people who worship cats and several other animals that you can find in the area? Uh,
0: Make himself loved by cats and other animals in the area? <laughs>
1: He made himself very unloved by cats No, and I thought he area. was
0: trying to appeal to the people, you know? <laughs> to be like, oh, look, your gods nope. approve of me. <laughs> this is a terrible strategy, Cambyses. Terrible.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, according to Polyanus, the Persians gathered a lot of cats and other sacred animals and directed them in front of their army so that the Egyptians wouldn't shoot arrows or attack them for fear of hurting the poor little animals.
0: Oh, wait, I've, I've heard of this. Oh, was have this you? this repeated in history, or is this like what I've heard of? I think this
1: is the main instance.
0: Yeah. I, <laughs> at least the
1: main one I've heard of. Yeah,
0: I don't remember when, probably somewhere on the internet. I must have read it at some point, but I remember someone being like, they will not attack the animals, so we'll use them as shields.
1: Yes, exactly. This was a wonderful, brilliant strategy that... Almost certainly didn't happen, Uh because we know how trustful Polyanus is, but the point is that Cambyses wins and the Egyptian army is routed. Oof,
0: okay. Obviously we don't know if this happened, but I want to know, does the implication make sense? Meaning, do the Egyptian people hate Cambyses? Like, does he do essentially the opposite of what Cyrus was doing and antagonize himself from the people he wants to conquer?
1: We'll get into that in a moment, because we need to talk about the many Cambyses that exist. (laughs) Because it is an important factor.
0: Then let's continue the conquest of Egypt.
1: Yes. Also, just as a fun aside of the Battle of Pelusium, apparently Herodotus visited the battlefield about 100 years later. Like personally, he went there. And he noticed a very scientific fact, which is weird okay but apparently when he went there the egyptians told him that the persian skulls were apparently very weak because the persians always wore hats (laughs) while instead the egyptians who shaved their heads had very strong skulls and you couldn't even smash them with rocks
0: ah yes this kind of scientific the very totally trust me bro this is fact scientific
1: Yes, exactly. This was Herodotus for the Egyptian tourism board. When he went over, this is what they told
0: him. Ah, I see. It's like, go smash some skulls. And if you can't smash them, they're Persian. And if you can't, they're Egyptian.
1: Yes, that was pretty much what they told Herodotus. And Herodotus was like, yes, seems legit. Because, you know, that
0: respect down. for the dead.
1: But as you said, we now need to address a bit what Cambyses is actually like. Because we have a few different versions of Cambyses. Cambyses has a great reputation, especially through Herodotus, of being a mad king.
0: Ooh, okay. I, I am so looking forward to this.
1: Exactly. But the thing is that it's difficult to understand how accurate this is. Because Herodotus is getting most of his sources from the Egyptians.
0: Right, so they might be a bit biased.
1: And not only that, he's getting it from Egyptian priests. Ah which had been very powerful under the previous several Egyptian kingdoms. And they basically had authority on par with the king. And now that Cambyses is coming in, these priests are going to lose most of their power. Uh, and they're going to be reduced as, as other so I, in the rest of the totally empire. Totally
0: objective point of view. Absolutely no bias whatsoever. Very objective sources. I like it.
1: And also another thing is that One of the successors of Cambyses, we'll talk about him Mm. in a couple of episodes, has a clear interest in showing Cambyses as insane and unable to rule.
0: I see. Probably someone who wants to overthrow him at some point. That might be correct. Yeah, or change something (laughs) that he did.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to be telling you the stories as Herodotus tells them, but keep in mind in the back of your head that... This
0: might not be true, exactly. Hmm.
1: Yes, this might not be exactly true, and if we have cases where it's certainly not true, I'll let you know. Okay.
0: Well, it's Herodotus. I don't know what else we expected.
1: But anyway, we were invading Egypt. Yes. So, after the Battle of Pelusium with all the cats, after they get back to their senses, Mm. the Egyptians fled over to Memphis, which was the capital of Egypt, and refused to surrender. But Cambyses went over and besieged the city. Mm. And in the meantime, all the cities of the west, so in Cyrenaica and uh, Libya, as Herodotus calls it, mm. sent tribute to Cambyses seeing okay, he won, that's it, let's just right. surrender and mm. give all the power.
0: Like, what's the point? Let's avoid a massacre and just, you know, seems like he's going to win, so...
1: But yes, Cambyses managed to besiege Memphis for a while, and soon, be it through hunger or, you know, just seeing that it was over memphis surrendered
0: well it's really difficult to survive a siege so that's kind of the point
1: yeah especially when your main army has been defeated yeah it's, just, it's not like somebody is going to come and save you you're just waiting there sitting, yeah waiting hoping that something terrible happens to cambyses but it didn't mm. Yeah, so cambyses then captured the pharaoh Semenitus and uh, made a show in a sort of triumph he had in Memphis Mm -hmm. by dressing the pharaoh's daughter in slave clothes and tying a rope around the heir to the throne's neck. And putting a bit in his mouth like a horse, uh, together with 2,000 other Egyptians ready for execution. Ah,
0: Wonderful. (laughs) Very respectful.
1: Yeah, very nice. And at this point, at this parade, Cambyses was flanked by Semenytos, the former pharaoh now, and Croesus. Remember him? Yes. um, The advisor of Cyrus? Yes.
0: Yes. The one that Cyrus uh, very wisely, question mark, appointed (laughs) as his advisor, even though his choices took him to uh, defeat at the hands of Cyrus. So, eh, you know. It's
1: an issue, yeah. But anyway, Semenitus and Croesus were both at this parade and they both burst out into tears. Mm. At which point Cambyses' heart was a bit softened and he decided that he would save Semenitus and his children. It was going to be fine. Mm -hmm. No worries. I see. However... When the messengers came to release the son, they found out that he'd already been executed. Oops, sorry. Oh. Was this planned?
0: Like, did he just want to seem merciful? But it Might but, be. You know, just come on.
1: It's always an option for a king to blame the underlings and say, Oh, well, I was trying to be nice, but someone else did a mistake. So, oh, well. Yeah. Whoopsie. Herodotus tells us that Cementus was then kept alive like Croesus, not as an advisor, but kept around. Okay. But we also receive some reports that maybe he later rebelled and was forced to kill himself at the end of the failed rebellion. Mm, I
0: okay. see. There we go. So, in either story, he doesn't last very long under Cambyses. Yeah.
1: No, not very long. In any case, he okay. doesn't do very well. But when Cambyses entered Memphis, we get another of the mad oh, Cambyses fun. stories because he looked for the body of the pharaoh who mm. thwarted him, Amasis. And so he took his body from its burial and ordered his men to whip it and pull out his hair. And once it was done, he ordered what? to burn it.
0: On Earth? It's dead, man.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, but he had been insulted, so oh no, it was going to be yeah, terrible. I, I he get the whole thing
0: revenge. of like, I will not offer a proper burial because I was disrespected and so I will disrespect you in death as I have in life, And but, but really? Was this necessary?
1: This is why it's the mad Cambyses story, which eh, doesn't make him look great. And we also see that this action wasn't just sacrilegious for the Egyptians for destroying the body, but also sacrilegious to the Iranians, because fire is holy and shouldn't be used for burning bodies. Oh. And so as such, he was Cambyses is so being double sacrilegious disrespect. to be. That's
0: wonderful. Cambyses, you're doing great. Yes.
1: He's disrespectful to his own people and to the mm. Egyptians, which is a mess. We love to see it. But apparently Herodotus tells us that the Egyptians claim that Amasis actually had a prophecy tell oh. him about this punishment. So he hit a body Ooh. double in his actual tomb. That's and had really his cool. real body. That's
0: anime worthy double crossing. I like that.
1: Yes, exactly. So there we go. So with the Pharaoh defeated and most of Egypt on its knees, Cambyses managed to take all of the upper and lower kingdom by spring. He also took care to display his conquest as a legitimate union with the local population. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned earlier, he pushed this propaganda of him being actually the son of Cyrus and an Egyptian princess. So it was fine. And everything seems to be okay. Oh, so
0: not even like far away in his dynasty, but literally his father with an Egyptian princess.
1: Yes, because, you know,
0: uh, fine. who knows? Sure. Who cares, I guess. Information is not widespread. Yeah, exactly. So you said he consolidates marriage. What does he do? Does he marry someone from Egypt? Or is it just, oh, I, my family is actually descending from this and that's it?
1: Yeah, it's just claiming ah, okay, his, okay. Uh, the side. And yeah, and he, this is sort of where we get a bit of the dissonance between the mad Cambyses story and the probably more historical Cambyses. Because unlike his earlier behavior in Babylon, mm-hmm. he seems to have participated in, a, in Egyptian religious ceremonies and given sacrifices to the local gods. Okay. And also had inscriptions made where he calls himself king of Upper and Lower Egypt and descendant of Ra, Horus, and Osiris, which was the typical expression for an Egyptian pharaoh.
0: Yeah, so maybe he wasn't that disrespectful or oblivious to everything.
1: Yeah, exactly. And another thing where there's a bit of a dissonance Mm -hmm. is classical authors describe his reign in Egypt as a violent, sacrilegious time. Mm -hmm. And for example, they claim that Cambyses personally stabbed the apis bull in the thigh.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's true.
1: Well, yeah, well, the Apis bull is essentially the incarnation of the god Apis through a bull with some very specific markings. And it always keeps reincarnating itself.
0: Yeah, I've heard this story.
1: Yes, according to the story in Herodotus, Cambyses personally stabbed Apis and Apis eventually died.
0: I feel like this would be how many more ways can I find to antagonize myself to the populace? Yeah. Like, I feel like it's a bit extreme, you know? He should have some idea that maybe he should not do that. Because why would he, you know, go out of his way to do this?
1: And we actually get historical records that the Apis bull didn't really die around the time of Cambyses' conquest. Ah. And when it actually did die, Cambyses commissioned a very nice granite sarcophagus for the bull to have it buried. So it's unlikely that he just killed it in a fit of rage because he felt like it so yeah
0: probably probably propaganda yes
1: yeah this is probably from the egyptian priestly sources where again as i mentioned the priests in egypt had been taking a large percentage of the revenue of, of the kingdom yes for themselves and now Cambyses was saying no you're going to run as part of my empire this is how it's going to work and he can dictate to them turns
0: out they didn't like him that yes Yeah,
1: exactly. And also, just as a note to anybody who's familiar with Sunday Sea or the Fallen London universe. Oh, I
0: love these games.
1: (laughs) Yes, if you haven't checked them out, please do. So, in the Sunday Sea, there is an Egyptian themed island called Visage. And in the island of Visage, there is an Apis bull, which is there and it is constantly bleeding. Oh. And it is constantly bleeding from a wound in the thigh, which is exactly where Cambyses <gasps> is said to have stabbed it.
0: No way! That is so cool! I didn't know there yes. was this reference. Oh, that's awesome.
1: Yes, it's, it's really fun that they had it there. So, there we go.
0: Oh, well, that's marvelous. Thanks for sharing.
1: Yay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so now that Cambyses is fully in control of Egypt, he wants to see how far he can spread it. So he decides, according to Rodas, to take the rest of Africa. He first decides to invade Libya in the west, but his army disappeared in a sandstorm. Ooh, so but That's gone. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunate. Also, there are reports that he planned a mission against Carthage, but that the Phoenician sailors wouldn't fight against their... Um,
0: their, own, you know, their, their own Their, their descendant yeah. city. Makes sense.
1: So the only direction left for Cambyses is to attack Nubia in the south. So roughly in modern Sudan. I see. And... Here we go back to Herodotus' nice stories. We get that Cambyses decided to prepare his invasion of Nubia by sending some spies as messengers asking for friendship. However, the king of Nubia told these messengers that he knew they were spies, and that he would actually want to give Cambyses a little present. Hmm. So the Nubian king takes his bow, which he was the only one that could draw. He Ooh. was the only man who could draw this bow.
0: I guess you needed a lot of strength, maybe. Or maybe it had a a little, you know, a trick that you needed to activate. Like how you need to learn how to start your own car, because sometimes they work a little (laughs) weird.
1: (laughs) Yes, like that. And so the King of Nubia decided to give this bow as a present to Cambyses, together with a message that said, if Cambyses can draw this bow as easily as the King of Nubia, then he could definitely take over the Nubians. But if he can't, then he should thank the gods that at least the Nubians aren't invading him. Hmm, an interesting wager. Yes. This is a good story. And also, to give you some extra cultural context, the bow is a very important sign of kingship, Ooh. both in Egypt and in Persia. Okay. So the idea is that it's sort of like the... Western equivalent of Excalibur. So it's basically saying, if you can wield Excalibur, then okay, you are the rightful king. Right, And okay. it has this similar equivalent there. So cool. So when Cambyses received this news, he tried to draw the bow, and as fate would have it, he couldn't do it.
0: Yeah. Surprise.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but rumor came that actually Cambyses' brother Bartia could wield this bow. <gasps> oh. But Cambyses was very jealous. He was a very jealous man yeah. and decided that, no, he was just going to invade Nubia. He doesn't care about this stupid bow. He'll just take down all the Nubians oh, with
0: him. But this is going to cause so much drama because now, does this mean his brother is a rightful king, you know, and, and should be yeah. in power? <laughs> mm,
1: I see where this is going. That's a bit of an issue. So Cambyses decided to prepare his expedition to Nubia extremely quickly before anybody could react. And he did it so quickly that he didn't really make any plans for provisions or anything like that. Oh, no. Oh, my friend. Uh, yes. Please. <laughs> so he just kept marching south into Nubia until his men were contemplating cannibalism. And at that point, he decided, okay, fine, I'm turning back.
0: But but we've already contemplated cannibalism, and now we have to go all the <laughs> way back. Like, this is yes. a problem. <laughs>
1: Yes, Cambyses doesn't have much foresight in Herodotus' stories. Oh, my goodness. And again, after his return, Cambyses arrived in Memphis with his hungry and defeated army Mm -hmm. and saw a festival for the god Apis and thought that the Egyptians were rejoicing at Cambyses' misfortune. Everybody was celebrating that, oh, look, ha ha, Cambyses got defeated. I mean,
0: shouldn't it be more logical to gather that maybe the Egyptians were, I don't know why they would, but were like celebrating that he made it back and his army, more importantly, made it back without, you know,
1: dying. Nope, that wasn't the thought that went through his head.
0: clearly, yeah, I can see.
1: So again, this is the scene where Cambyses kills Apis Ah, because he orders the Egyptians to bring Apis before him and then he tries and stab the bull in the belly, but accidentally just hits its thigh and the bull bled to death. Hmm. At which point, Cambyses ordered to kill anyone who celebrated the holiday.
0: Oh, fun. Yeah, this is how you make sure people love you. This is going great.
1: Yeah, that's not great. Again, probably not true because we have no records of this independently.
0: Also, it would be be kind of ridiculous if Cambyses were Cyrus' son and we have all of these stories of Cyrus being essentially really good or as good as you could be when it comes to conquering people and imposing a new rule over a culture that already exists. And Cambyses
1: is just the opposite. Yeah, I mean, you would expect Cambyses to have learned something from his father, just a little bit of how it works. And again, historically, it seems like he is actually doing something roughly similar. Mm.
0: But according to Herodotus, terrible, terrible, terrible.
1: Yes, exactly. And as you mentioned before, Cambyses needs to deal with his brother being able to, you know, Draw this bow. I am so excited for
0: this story. Let's go.
1: Cambyses not only heard that Bardia could draw this bow, but had a dream that had Bardia sitting on Cambyses' throne and reigning as king.
0: Ooh! And we know how people take dreams over here.
1: Yeah, it's not great. So here we have a version of Herodotus and a version of Tisius. So according to Herodotus, Cambyses just sent a messenger to Persia, which eventually drowned Bardia in the Persian Gulf. Oh. Whoops. Done. Okay. Done and done.
0: Yeah. Quicker than Astyages trying to take care of Cyrus, baby Cyrus. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. Cambyses was taking no chances here. Yeah. According instead to Teius's version, mm-hmm. we get a little bit of a preview of what's going to happen next. <gasps> yes. Because according to Ateges, a certain Magian approached Cambyses and told him that Bardia was planning a revolt. Mm. And as proof of this, the Majus said that Cambyses should call his brother to come to Cambyses' court and if he didn't come, well that's proof that yes. Bardia is planning something. Obviously. So according to Kishas, then, Cambyses sends messages to Bardia, but you know, Bardia's busy apparently governing a province at the edge of the empire. He's just been made a satrap. So Badia says, hey, I'm sorry, I'm busy with some nomads. I can't come now. I'll come later. And three mm. times Cambyses sends this letter. And each time Barthia says, hey, no, I'm really busy. I'm sorry. I can't I can't okay. come right now. Okay,
0: so it looks like bad news. It looks like, you know, yes. he is going to revolt. At least according to what the Marcos told Cambyses,
1: right? Yeah. So after a while, Barthia manages to free himself and comes over to Cambyses. At which point, Kamalai himself, murders his brother in secret. (gasps) Ooh. And to avoid the secret getting out, he set up this magus who had uh, slandered Bardia to pretend to be his brother.
0: Oh! Okay, I thought he was gonna set him up as like, he did it, he murdered his brother.
1: No, 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 he disguises him as his brother, so nobody's going to know anything, but he's not gonna rebel.
0: Nobody knows the face of the brother? Nope. Like, at least in in court?
1: (laughs) Apparently, this magus looked very much like uh,
0: Like, I but, know yeah. photographs aren't a thing, but there has to be some people who are close, right? Yeah,
1: uh, apparently not close enough. Oh,
0: apparently, on. this was a
1: very uncanny resemblance.
0: This cannot be a thing. It works in a story, but have you ever tried to get someone to think somebody is someone else? Like, I.
1: Uh, uh, come on. Yeah, I mean, there's more to the story. We'll, we'll see eventually, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, we'll find out. At this point, speaking of close family, Mm -hmm. Cambyses chose to marry his sister. As you do. Yes. Mm. Now, I researched a lot of different papers on this. It was difficult, and there isn't much research. Ah. Because there is sort of a custom in Iranian religion about sacred close relative marriage. Okay. Okay. Because I think in current Zoroastrianism, this has been interpreted now as first cousins. Okay. But in the past, in this ancient Iran, Mm -hmm. it seems like marrying one's sister or half-sister was a thing.
0: Okay. That's not great for genetics, but let's see where this is taking us.
1: Yeah. I mean, from what I read, this is sort of an analogy to divinity. Right. And this was something that was done among royalty and priests,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because, you know, since the gods can do it, you right. know, gods okay. always marry brother or yes. sister, that happens, well then, if you are a king or a priest, you're in the middle between, you know, regular people and the gods, uh, yes. so this is one way of showing your presence.
0: I, I mm, there's going to be some problems.
1: There's going to be a few issues, yeah, but we'll see how that goes. But according to Herodotus, this is the first time this ever happened in Persia. Oh, okay. So Kambises was the first, and he was just weird for doing it.
0: Well, okay. But also we're seeing it from Herodotus' point of view. Yeah, which...
1: exactly. It's again, And there isn't much research in this, unfortunately, uh, so don't really know how yeah. how true it can be or not.
0: Also, it obviously makes us uncomfortable nowadays. And also it has, like I said, many issues regarding the actual science of mm-hmm. having children with someone so close to you genetically. But it's not like Kambises would be the first person to do this. I believe this happens a lot in throughout history, like not even ancient history. So Yes, I mean
1: especially in Egypt, that was something that happened very often among pharaohs and will happen very often until
0: I know Ptolemy and his dynasty.
1: (laughs) Yes, Ptolemy is going to happen in a few hundred years, but yeah that's a whole mess and a half.
0: Okay. So Herodotus is using this to really hammer home that Cambyses is terrible and mischievous and crazy.
1: Yeah, this is Herodotus just adding wood onto the fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, according to Herodotus, since this wasn't the custom, Cambyses right. summoned some judges to ask them if there was a law that would allow him to marry his sister. Oh. And the judges looked through the laws and found that there is no real law for this. But they managed to save their skins from being executed by Cambyses by saying that, well, while there is no law allowing a brother to marry his sister, there is a law that says the king of Persia can do whatever he wants. (laughs) So that's fine, Cambyses. You just do your thing.
0: (laughs) That is a very good law. I'm sure he liked that one. As long as there wasn't a law prohibiting it, I guess. And if so, he could just be like, well, I am the king, so eh. Yeah,
1: it's airbud rules. There's no law in the book saying you can't do this. Sure, it's fine. But then we have more messes, because at this point Cambyses married both of his sisters.
0: Oh, wait, 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 wait a second. Yes. Both? Roxanne yep, and both. Atossa?
1: Roxanne and Atossa, yes. Ah, fun. But Roxanne doesn't end well.
0: Yeah, because you Again, according that, to
1: Herodotus. You said yes. that
0: we would focus on Atossa, so what Atossa about Atossa is going to be very
1: important. <laughs> according to Herodotus, Roxanne is killed in the most mustache-twirly way possible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, there's no train, so you can't just tie her to, to the rails of a train. <laughs> eh,
1: it's close enough, honestly. It's very cartoon villain oh. version. Oh, dear. Okay. Because Cambyses is at court with Roxanne, and he had set a puppy to fight a lion cub while the sister was watching. Oh. Now, the puppy was losing the fight with the lion cub, but then the twin of this puppy... Broke from his leash and came to help his brother. Oh. So the two puppies managed to defeat the lion cub.
0: Yay, the puppies! How, this yes. is terrible. This, <laughs> I, is I hate everything yes. about this.
1: So Cambyses was very happy and enjoying the spectacle, as he would. But Roxanne burst out crying, saying, Oh, this is so sad. It's so terrible that our brother Bartia just died horribly and that there's nobody who can avenge him.
0: Ooh. Just out of nowhere? she's watching this terrible fight between uh, cute baby animals forced to fight and she's like, oh, but my
1: brother I mean, you know, because the two little puppies were brothers, so oh, she's like so oh, I you see, know, see. Th- one puppy is helping the other but oh, there's nobody who can help Bardia because nobody knows who killed him
0: Ooh, okay
1: at <laughs> which point Ken Baisi says, hmm okay, fine, I'll kill my sister too and he has her executed
0: <laughs> but she, what, I no. okay, great This is wonderful.
1: (laughs) Cartoon villain, as I said.
0: Yeah. Why would you feel the need to kill her? She wasn't suspecting. She just like her brother, as you do when you grow up with someone. Too much. Too much, like, disloyalty for Cambyses. Yeah, it's like,
1: too much won't work. I'm sorry. So after seeing these murders, Croesus, who is still around, decided to offer his advice to Cambyses, saying, maybe you should moderate your... You're killing? (laughs) Because otherwise, somebody might try to overthrow you.
0: You know, just a a suggestion. Please don't kill me. Yeah, you know, just in case.
1: Yes, please don't kill me was one of the things uttered. Because Cambyses then replied to Croesus that you have no business advising me about what I should do with my reign. The last time you advised Cyrus, he ended up dying. So I'm not going to take any of your advice. I
0: have to agree. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Cambyses is not being painted in the best of lights, but I have to agree.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's an issue, but oh well. At which point Cambyses takes his bow and starts shooting at Croesus, who starts running away.
0: Oh, fun. Yes, that went wonderfully. Croesus, <laughs> what were you thinking? Seriously, <laughs> telling the, the jealous mad king, Hey, maybe someone will rebel. It's
1: like, is it you?
0: That will go, f- that will go, go fine. On. That will go fine. No yes. problems.
1: So Croesus starts running away through the palace. There is this Benny Hill song running while they're chasing each other through the halls. (laughs) And Cambyses then ordered his servants to find Croesus and kill him. Uh. But some of the servants that managed to find Croesus decide to hide him. Because they could get a win-win situation. Because if Cambyses is still angry the next day, they can just give Croesus up for a reward. But if Cambyses just cools his temper afterwards... They'll be praised because, hey, look, they saved Croesus and Croesus will reward them.
0: Are you sure? Are you sure (laughs) that this is the wisest? I mean, I'm just saying based on what we've heard so
1: far. Yes, you would have been smarter than those servants because the (laughs) next day, Cambyses decides, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm fine. I overreacted. Somebody get me Croesus. And the servants were like, oh, hey, your majesty. Here's Croesus, we found him, but we were worried that uh, it might have been a bit of a rash decision, so we just kept him alive for you.
0: Ooh, badly worded. Badly (laughs) worded. oh yeah, we found him, but instead of like, oh, we found it and waited for further instruction, or we found him relatively recently, it was like, we found him, but sometimes your decisions are a bit silly, so we waited just in case.
1: Uh, uh, Not great. mm -hmm. At which point, what do you think Cambyses did?
0: Murder all of them.
1: Exactly. So execute the servants. them. Yes, yes, execute them because he's doing it legally, so it's fine.
0: Yeah, and he's probably not doing it himself.
1: Yep. After all this madness happens, a few years pass, and we get to the year 522. Oh. Where, according to Titius, Cambyses gets some bad omens, where he sacrifices some animals, but they don't bleed, and also Cambyses' sister-wife Atassa gave birth to a headless child.
0: Ooh. Okay, very bad omens. Also very bad, just traumatic experience, but very bad omens. Yeah. So the animal's not bleeding?
1: I don't know. Uh, was, uh, I don't know what he chose as an animal. Weird. Which is why it's an omen. And yeah, both of these end up being omens that Cambyses would never produce an heir. Mm. And not only that, on the 11th of March, 522... Cambyses receives news from Persia that his brother Bardia had staged a palace coup and was rebelling.
0: Wait, he's dead? Exactly. That's what Cambyses thinks. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, whoops. Yes, so the version of the story that Tizis and Herodotus tells us are that the Magus who was in charge of killing Bardia, who looked a lot like him has now Hmm. impersonated Bardia and is making a plot for for the throne.
0: Oh, okay. So either it's the Magus that, you know, is technically not Bardia, but for all intents and purposes is, and he is plotting, or Mm -hmm. it's just Bardia because he never got killed because, you know, the story was a bit weird. Exactly. Those
1: are two versions. Beautiful. (laughs) At which point, having heard that Bardia, his dreaded brother, was rebelling, Cambyses begins to prepare an expedition to march east and uh, defeat his brother and preserve his throne. However, Mm. when he was going through Syria, Cambyses died in murky circumstances. Oh. We have a number of versions. (laughs) So, according to the Behistun inscription, ordered by a later king... Okay. Cambyses died by his own hand. And there's no more detail. Okay. Okay. So this could match with Herodotus' version of the story, where he says that Cambyses accidentally stabbed himself while mounting his horse.
0: (laughs) Of course it's not like, Cambyses killed himself, which would have been technically, I guess, cowardly enough, following the rules of the society at the time. But no, it wasn't even on purpose, he just was clumsy. That's very Herodotus to do.
1: Yeah, according to Herodotus, accidental self-stabbing. Instead, according to Tejas, we have an even better version where... Oh, goodie. Cambyses died in Babylon mm-hmm. while he was carving a twig with a large knife and accidentally stabbed himself in the thigh and died oh, 11 come days later. On.
0: I mean, to be fair, this is kind of silly seen from modern perspective with modern medicine, but you could die from a silly little injury. Like, that is a thing. It is, you know, it is the, the narrative. It is the narrative of like, oh, look at the silly king. He stabbed himself carving a twig. But, eh, you know.
1: And also, I have my own pet theory that <gasps> nobody else has seen. <laughs> I've not seen anywhere else. Tell me. But I'll just tell you now. It won't be much context for you, but we'll get back to it when we get to this person. Interesting. But... One of Cambyses' bodyguards at this time was a certain man named Darius. Okay, don't know him, but noted. All you need to know is that this man will then be called Darius the Great.
0: Ah, hmm, interesting.
1: So my pet theory is, mm, maybe Darius.
0: <laughs> Darius did it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no serious scholar has suggested it, n- nowhere that I've found, but... yeah. I like it because he's an evil mastermind and I love him.
0: Ooh, well, interesting theory. And especially if he's, like you said, an evil mastermind. Like if it goes with his historical personality. I like the theory. We'll see what our listeners think of this one. Yes. Interesting.
1: And so, yeah, that is how the life of Cambyses II ended. (laughs) Jesus. And the next episode. And with him dying, the civil war is averted. And we'll get to cover Bardia.
0: Right. episode. Because I was going to say, oh no, but he didn't have an heir. What do we do now? But clearly what do we do now is what people were going to do anyway, which is depose him and take over. Yeah,
1: exactly. So there we go. So is
0: his brother alive or not?
1: We're going to discuss that in his brother's episode in a lot of detail, but it's disputed whether he is alive or not. Is this really Bardias Cambysi's brother, or is it some random guy who is impersonating (laughs) him.
0: I mean, I don't know if it would make much sense, but it would be a really cool story. I guess it is plausible, right? Like, if it really did happen, I don't know.
1: It could be. Yeah, we're going to review the evidence later on. I have a whole pros and cons list for each theory. I'm very excited about it, because uh,
0: all of our sources are terrible. Yes, exactly. Either because they're very separated in time, or just because they are biased. Like, they're very inclined against Cambyses and it's just a lot of propaganda and made up things so do we know anything i
1: don't know. yeah i mean from the actual hard historical contemporary sources yes it looked like cambyses was decent you know he did a reasonably good job also about the expedition against the nubians oh yes we get in later inscriptions from uh, cambyses successors that oh. the nubians are paying tribute
0: Ah, okay, so, to the you Achaemenis? know, there was a whole story with the bow and everything, but hey, it looks like it, yeah. it happened, you know, he whether he decided to go regardless or the thing with the bow never happened.
1: The idea is that if they're paying tribute to the Achaemenids anyway, then it can't have gone that bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> everybody he, he was eating each other. He managed yeah. to have done something. You know, he didn't conquer it, but if they're paying you money to not attack them, that's, that's probably good a good deal anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So he probably wasn't as bad as he... Is made out to be mostly because these stories are not even. Oh, the empire is in ruin, and here's the evidence. But it's more. Like, oh, he was a terrible person. Look at him. He was mad. All of these decisions, and you know, you can just make those up.
1: Now it's time for us to rate Cambyses and see what we think of him and Yay, what he is so like. Yay! So
0: excited. You know. He could have ranked higher if we had had more evidence for him being completely dislocated (laughs) from reality. (laughs) Uh, That's what I'm going for. Because I have to admit, this sounds like propaganda. Like, this really sounds like Herodotus didn't like him. He was taking the stories down from people who also didn't like him. And this is what you end up with. But the stories are very good. And in the end, this is the memory we have of him. So... I don't think i would give him as high points in some of our categories as i would have otherwise if we had some kind of evidence to back these claims but the claims are still there and the drama is
1: interesting so yes we are rating the kings but we're also rating the stories behind them so
0: because that's all we have really it's not like we can pretend we would know the person so yeah exactly
1: okay let's do it so First category is Final Moments. How do you rate his death? (laughs) Somehow Uh, stabbing himself, either by carving a twig or by getting on a horse and his sword got caught weird.
0: Beautifully ridiculous, I would say. (laughs) Like, I want to give him points just because it is silly. It is, how can I make him look the worst? Like, not even his death was glorious. Yeah, you know, he was silly and he stabbed himself and the wound got infected whoops yeah i kind of like it because
1: we don't get that much detail for stupid deaths in general it's usually like like oh yes he died
0: they made a point of like no he was so silly like look at this guys like what a clumsy fellow (laughs)
1: yeah exactly so, yeah, what are you going for? How do you rate him also compared to Cyrus? Which is, uh, I guess, a good standard is, that we've yes. had so far.
0: Cyrus's death was very good. Co- also a story, you know, but like very yeah, cool. Oh, I don't know. I think, I mean, it. it is very funny. I and mean, It made me laugh. I think I'd go for a four.
1: Only a four? I'm going higher, actually. Ooh. I'm saying... Uh... I mean, it's not a cool death, though. It's, it's interesting, though.
0: That is fair. Um, yeah, I'm...
1: Uh, I'm going to go with a five. I was no, between a five a and a four. six, but okay, fair enough. So a five and a four for final moments gives us a total of four and a half points out of ten for Cambyses. Woohoo! Next category is battle hardness. So how good was he at conquering and fighting?
0: Uh, unknown? <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know.
1: yeah, let's lay out what we know.
0: I know the, the siege and the battle with the cats.
1: <laughs> yes, Which, that was a
0: terrible. Terrible. Just (laughs) terrible. But, I mean, he did win, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, what we know of this is that he created the first Chimnid fleet in the Mediterranean. Yes, that's true. That's true. That's That's pretty good. He conquered Cyprus. He conquered all of Egypt. He Uh, got tribute from the uh, people of Cyrenaica. He sent an expedition to Libya, but it was lost. And then we have the two versions of him invading Nubia, where... Either his men were forced into cannibalism, and then he had to ah, yes. turn back. <laughs> that or, was a
0: terrible decision.
1: Yeah, or the evidence that we have from later time, where the Nubians ended up paying him money, and he said, "Okay, that's good enough." Right. What are you thinking? I mean, it's—I don't think it's as good. I mean, it's definitely not as good as Cyrus because you know he hasn't conquered two massive kingdoms; he's conquered only one massive kingdom. But then you need to determine, okay, how much do you rate his ability here?
0: So, we're talking battle related, not Aaron Shine yet. So, not yet, no. I mean, it was pretty good. He did pretty well. The being totally unprepared for the Nubian invasion takes some points off because who yeah. does that? Like, you had one job and it was to prepare for this battle and you didn't.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, what did you do if you don't pack provisions? Like, did you, did you just pack the soldiers? There's, there's not that many things <laughs> that are as important as provisions
1: yeah that's that's a good point but...
0: but he did well in the other instances cats or no cats <laughs> and he did get some kind of tax from the nubians so you know that somehow worked out i guess i don't know i guess it was, oh and he built the fleet which you know really cool yeah that's pretty good and conquered some other parts of to add them to the empire i would say at least a six probably a seven yeah, I was
1: aiming for a six because hmm. I'm impressed. I'm not like crazy impressed because while Cyrus was fighting Lydia and Babylon sort of as an equal, Cambyses now has the majority of the resources of this area of the world under his command and he's invading Yes, Egypt.
0: it's not the same to be a region trying to create an empire than an already big empire just continue to conquer things. So yeah, that so is a I, good point.
1: I think I'm aiming roughly for a six or so. Me as well. hardness. I agree. Yes. Six. Okay, very good. So with a six and another six. Cambyses the second gets twelve out of twenty for battle hardness. Next we have scheminess. How good was he at plots and manipulations and ooh. Here he was he was okay, I guess. I mean he didn't do much that was schemy per se.
0: Well, listen, listen. The whole Making Egypt go into war. Is yeah, some that, that, that was
1: something I was going to mention because yeah, the points he had here was getting a cause for war with the Egyptians, which was the whole oh yes, I'm going to ask for a daughter, but not really, and it's that was very smart of him too. That's clever. That works because
0: yes. of all the things you could accuse them of. Which there's a million if you want to cause a war. That was a really clever way to do it because it's like I will simply ask for this thing. Whatever they choose to do is just bad for them. I thought that was very, very smart of him. And a good way to incite war between the two kingdoms.
1: Yeah, so that's his good point in scheminess, but mm. Besides that <laughs> it depends how much credit you want to give to the cat story. I guess that counts somehow <laughs> scheminess.
0: I guess. I would say that's more shocking just because how many cultures can you disrespect when you're <laughs> at brain, the same you time. Know? Yeah. yeah.
1: And then the last one is sort of, if he ends up killing Bardia, if we believe yep. that, yeah, you know, that is part of the Well, scheminess.
0: the whole, like, substituting him with the Magus, that would be yeah, very exactly. schemy. We don't know if it's true, but in the case it is, I'd say that it gives him some extra points.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm oscillating around a four-ish for scheminess. Mm, I'd what go for
0: a, five? a f- five. I'd go for a five. Okay.
1: Okay, makes sense. I can accept that. (laughs) So four and fives gives him nine out of twenty for scheminess, which is tied with Saek Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. We've only had like a couple of schemy kings so far. So. Yeah, I think it fits well.
1: Next category is shock factor, which is Kenbashi's category. (laughs) Beautiful. Because yes, come on.
0: I would say, I was going to say ten, but... Most of these stories are very clearly not true. So,
1: yeah. Probably a
0: nine. Still very high because the stories are still there. And like we said, this is kind of what we have to go off of and, you know, what we know about them. But you also have to admit that they probably are not true.
1: Yes. If you accept that you're looking at the Cambyses story, then yes, that makes sense. Yes. But in reality, probably not as bad. But what we're told in the stories is well, first of all, in Babylon, he disrespected their coronation rituals. Yes.
0: Just right from the start.
1: Just... Yes, he had to be deposed as king by his father mm-hmm. for reasons in Babylon. Then he conquered Egypt through trickery. He yes, did the cats. he used
0: cats. Yeah. Yes, he
1: used the cats to invade a place. He had the dead Egyptian pharaoh whipped after uh,
0: death. And his hair pulled out, which, you know... And then he cremated him, which was terrible for Egyptians and for the Iranians, like for yes. everybody. It's just a mess bad. for
1: everybody. Then he killed the Apis bull and murdered people uh, yes. who were celebrating a festival. Uh, bad. <laughs> then he had his brother killed. Then he married his sisters. Then, then he, he had, had
0: his other sister killed.
1: <laughs> yes. Then he had a lion cub fighting puppies, which is yeah. just so cartoonishly evil. Uh, yes. <laughs> And... How much worse can it get? Yeah, I mean, this is just pulling out all the stops.
0: It would have only been more obtuse if he had made the lion cub and the puppies grow up together and be friends and then made them fight each other.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's... I I can see him doing that long term, he just didn't reign long enough.
0: Oh, I see, I see.
1: (laughs) But yeah, so shock factor, I agree with your nine assessment. Because it's probably not true, but the stories are all very, very good. So, So, yeah, yeah, I'd say with a 9 and a 9, a total of 18 out of 20 of shock factor, Khemaises is our most shocking king so far.
0: Who is surprised. Even more than
1: Astyages.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Astyages, the whole tradition we have with all of these people we've seen so far of making feasts and then assassinating someone and serving it to someone else, it's happened twice already.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: Be original. But... (laughs) But this is just story after story after story of absolute unhinged behavior,
1: so. Our next category is Aaron Shine. How good was he for the Empire? Did he help it prosper? Did he sort of send it downhill? How is it going?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I have to say I am very surprised, because I thought he would do much worse, just because, you know, he was presented as this very unstable person. But to be fair, he expanded the empire, nothing is crumbling. He could have, like I said, cemented the borders and made sure that everything was safe. But so far, right now, the empire is bigger than it was. He's in Egypt, which is the one other empire that we were missing.
1: Yeah, now there are no other comparable empires in view.
0: He has a fleet. He did pretty well. I don't know if it will last. And he didn't leave an heir, which, you know, problem. And there's going to be a civil war, or no longer a civil war, because he died. But, you know, grabby grabby for power.
1: Yeah, I mean, right now Bardia is the only heir that can be found. He's the only other son yes. of Cyrus and can by yes. not have any of his own. So, yes, there is a bit of an unstable situation. But overall, I think he did a reasonably good job. He could have done better, but... Roughly, Yeah, but, yeah pretty
0: it would good. fine So I'd say like an 8 or a 9.
1: 8 or a 9? Wow, okay. I mean,
0: well, I don't know. Because a 9 is what I you guess,
1: gave Saexaris. That's uh, true. I was I mean, aiming more for a 6, honestly. Yeah,
0: okay, okay. No, I was thinking of like if we were to rate him from 1 to 10 and how he did... I mean, the Empire is not going worse, so you know. But yes, compared to everyone else, I guess a 6 or a 7 makes sense. I apologize. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'd be going for a six. What are you? More yeah. Six or seven?
0: I think a six is fair. Six oh, as well. He could have done better, but everything's going well.
1: Okay, very good.
0: It was a bit rough. He could have been done <laughs> better in Babylon, and things are a bit. Uh, but if you forget about him as a person and just look at how the empire is doing, it's pretty good.
1: So Cambyses has a twelve out of twenty for Aaron Shine, making him the third. third. Yes. Third best King of Persia, according to that. Next is our category face of faces. What does this Ooh. man look like?
0: Oh, no, I have Who to make Who is drawing. he? What Wait. is his deal? <laughs> I have no idea what to do.
1: <laughs> what do you think a man that marries his sisters and kills um, his siblings bro. and <laughs> destroys cultures looks like?
0: Should I just draw a twirly mustache, man? <laughs> I mean,
1: that would be appropriate.
0: This is very anachronistic. I'm just drawing a 1920s film <laughs> evil dude.
1: Okay, so Serial has sent me their drawing, and it's I am so wonderful.
0: Sorry. I'm so sorry. I needed to choose, like, something.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> yes. So we have Cambyses, a 1920s movie villain with a very twirly moustache. He has a cat strapped to his chest and is holding two more cats in his hand. And he's saying, try our new feline armor. Excellent protection guaranteed. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, that is. I am so sorry. (laughs) That Um, is more accurate than I would have expected. It's wonderful. Yes. And now let's see what he actually looks like. So let me show Serial what he looks like.
0: Okay, I just want to say, this is obviously very anachronistic and very wrong, but if you're actually interested in seeing a person who has been working on making kind of relatively historically accurate representations and realistic representations of some of the Persian kings, go check out mo.rasulipur on Instagram. We will put a link to the Instagram in our show notes, but he was recommended to us by Blumas, who is another friend Shout out to Plumas. And, you know, since we've been talking about face of faces and what these people actually looked like, I thought some of you might be interested. So check it out in the show notes later after the episode is done, if you're curious
1: about it. Yes, actually, he made a reconstruction of Bardia, so we can look at that next episode. <gasps>
0: so that'll Yay. Be... Excited. Uh,
1: but anyway, so here is a view of what Cambyses looks like. This is the reproduction of a seal that was made after the conquest of Egypt and is showing him conquering Egypt. Ah, can see him. I see. You can describe what is happening here. Essentially, what he's doing is he's stabbing the pharaoh of Egypt.
0: Yes, I can see. So there's a palm tree. First of all, very important. And there's four people. I assume slaves because they are tied by their neck one to another, and then like tied to yeah, prisoner this, of war of some what kind. looks to be a backpack on Cambyses, which I don't really know. I think it might be, like, to carry
1: arrows.
0: Yes. Oh yeah, it looks like a bow and a quiver. Yes. Cambyses himself has an interesting crown on his head. Similar to a more Western-style crown with, like, different prongs on it. And long hair and a beard, as we have established, that is the trope with these people at this point in time. Some really cool robes with uh, decorations on it. And he's stabbing with some kind of spear on the shoulder of the pharaoh who is carrying the two crowns of Lower Egypt and Upper Egypt on his head and is kneeling as being held by the arm by Cambyses.
1: Yeah, so it is overall uh, the portrait of a warrior king here. Yes. And uh, we have many later works showing Cambyses madness. I can
0: imagine. All of these stories. People
1: get very creative, starting with the Renaissance, mm. saying, ah, yes, blood and terrible scandal, let's paint this. But uh, this is a roughly contemporary seal. Yeah, so what are you thinking, roughly, for Face of Faces? How excited are you by this? I
0: don't know. I mean, I recognize what's going on in the drawing you've sent me, it's, you know, when he managed to conquer Egypt and did this kind of quote-unquote triumph for himself and raided around. I don't know. It doesn't tell me much. Just... chore. Sure. Um, I guess a four?
1: Yeah, that was also what I was going for, because it's okay. It's nice to see that it's actually a scene from something rather than him yeah. just being there, but... Eh, you know, it's...
0: Nothing spectacular. Not
1: spectacular. I'm honestly going for a five if you're still going for a
0: Oh. Five. No, I'll stay with a four.
1: Yeah, because I like the storytelling aspect of it. So, there we go. Five and a four gives him 2.3 points uh, for face of faces And the last category is lengthiness. How long do you think this man reigned?
0: Ooh, uh, I should have been listening to the dates more closely. (laughs) He started in 530 BC. I do remember that. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what year we're on right now. How long did it feel? (laughs) I'm going to say 20 years. It doesn't feel that long. But I feel like, you know, with the campaigns and the going to Egypt and the other... No, actually, that doesn't take that long. Well, he had to build a fleet. Mm -hmm. And it has to take some time. And he conquered Cyprus and did some other things before actually getting to Egypt. And,
1: yeah, say
0: between 10 and 20 years.
1: Okay. It's more on the lower end, actually. He is our... Shortest reigning ruler from 530 BC to 522. He reigned Ah. eight years, which gives him a lengthiness score of 0.8. And this leads us to the final scores, which are quite surprising, honestly. With a total of 58.6 out of 100, Cambyses is the highest evaluated king of Persia so far.
0: No, that can't. Yes. Well
1: He just be has fair, a lot going for him.
0: Yes, he has a, a lot good, of stories. Yeah. And obviously Cyrus is way better, but Cyrus was such a good boy.
1: <laughs> we yeah, couldn't exactly. give him
0: anything in the bad categories.
1: I mean, the final points aren't so much was he a good king or not. It's more of like drama, essentially. <laughs> While for Eren Shine, he got a lot less. Yeah.
0: What were the points, the final points? He
1: got 58.6. And the second one is Syxaris with 57.8. Right. And third is Cyrus with 52.8. Okay. So I'm very surprised that he got this many points, but in hindsight, it makes sense with all the drama. Mm -hmm. But yes, so this leads us to a final question that we need to ask. Is he interesting enough, scandalous enough, fascinating enough to be called a Shah and Shah? Or is he just a Shahna?
0: I, the stories were very good, but I don't know.
1: I am also halfway through. Because, mm. again, I like, yes, the cold, mad stories and everything, but I have the, the double issue that, A, that they're likely not true, and B, the fact that he is Cyrus's son, and I would have expected something more from him
0: yeah yeah i agree like it kind of feels wrong to give him shah and shah but also he is memorable but again the stories might not be him ah i don't know
1: i'm not certain about this
0: maybe not maybe not
1: you're more heading towards the no
0: yeah i think
1: Okay, that I'm going to follow your lead mm-hmm. and say, I'm sorry, Cambyses. despite having the highest points of any other ruler so far, we have decided that you are a Shahadna. So you mm-hmm. won't be joining Cyrus in his beautiful lush garden, but you'll be heading with you'll be great grand... Yeah, yeah <laughs> yes. You'll be heading with your great-grandpa, Astyages. You can swap murder tips and yes, have fun we'll that be way. Yes, will be
0: beheading. Yay. Yeah, I mean, he's still got a lot of points. Just, you know.
1: Yeah, I think that this will be a contentious Shah <laughs> and Shah rating, but, yes. uh, you know, if we need to round out the numbers at the end of the whole rating system, we, can we might pick yes, him back yes, yes. up. We'll see how Absolutely. that goes. But yeah, so that is the end of Cambyses the second episode. A very fraught episode Ooh. with lots of stuff in it.
0: All the propaganda
1: was yes. very interesting to go through. And uh, yeah, so I hope you'll join us next time for Bardia's episode, where we'll try and figure out, is he alive?
0: Oh my god, yes.
1: <laughs> is it his wait. episode, really? What's going on?
0: Oh, I'm so excited for the next episode, because we had a prequel on here with like the origin story. It was slightly mentioned. Ooh, and now I can't wait.
1: <laughs> yes, it's going to be very fun. It's very dramatic. We get a lot of good scenes from Tejas and Herodotus, so
0: oh fun fun fun
1: get ready for those
0: okay well thank you for listening everybody especially if you made it all the way to the end and yeah i guess as always check out the show notes for images and other things we mentioned on this episode and yeah see you next week
1: see you next week then with episode seven martia
0: all right goodbye
1: bye